<laughs> anyway, so I'm trying to combine Parshas Tetzavah, Shabbos Zohar, and Purim. Try one big cholent over here. Is there, is there a Tzavah? We'll try to create something. That, so Parshas Tetzavah talks about the big day kahuna. So we'll go ahead and limb over here. That um, we know the big day kahuna represented different madregas. It starts with uh, the Michlis Eibad, which represents purity, and it works its way up till uh, the tzitz. Everything is another madrega, another darga of Kedusha. But as a word, I may have said in the past that when Elozer HaKoyim took over the kahuna from Aaron, so the Pesach says that Aaron went up to Horahor, and he took off the big day kahuna, and Elozer put them on. So this raid in the Mephorshim that if every beggar that Aaron took off, Eloza put on, Eloza was ostensibly wearing the big dekuna inside out. So um, I saw in the Oznayim Latayra, he says that um, when Eloza walked out of the Ma'ara, the clothing switched around. Something like that. So I, you know, uh, to me, what's the pshat? I mean, I can understand he put on each beggar because you can't not put it on. Whatever, whatever the cheshbonis were, but he's wearing the clothing inside out. He's a button is off. Right? And so, um, what is the message? What, what, what's the lesson? So, once had a machshava, that the point is like this. A person would say, I want to dress up like the Kohen God. And they say, my daughter was the Kohen Gadol once and made her a Kohen Gadol costume, right? So she had various reasons why she could not be the Kohen Gadol, but she had the best costume in the city. But I, in all honesty. But I'll call upon him. So, um, so you, somebody would say, I'm going to be the Kohen Gadol. You say to the guy, you're crazy. You think you put on the big day kahuna, you're the Kohen Gadol? You know what Aaron HaKoyen was? Oyev Shon, Roydev Shon, Oyev Sabrias, Mekarben Latayra. It was real, it was genuine, it was, it came from a heart that filled the, and carried every Yiddish in the Shaman. And how can you say you put on the clothing, Dino? Peret says, that's a mistake. You put on the outermost garment and act like Aaron HaKoyen. Put it on and act like Aaron HaKoyen. Smile at people, ask them how they're feeling, show some interest. Deep in your heart, you don't care. But Lamaisa, go and put on the outermost garment. You know what's going to happen? The next thing you know, you'll put on inner garment. And your feelings, the shitsoinius will be more your panemius, and slowly but surely, you will become that Aaron Because although at the beginning you're just making believe, but it rubs off on you. And it brings out a panemius, and deep in your panemius, everybody has a piece of iron a coin. And so you put on next garment, and next garment, and then Hashem will make a miracle, and the garments will switch around, and you will become an iron a coin. The chitzainis is more the panemius, and that's you say that uh, you have to know. I want to tell you a story about the, the city that needed a mikveh. There was a, a shtetl in Europe, the goyim, the, the Russians closed up the mikveh. It didn't meet, meet their sanitary conditions. Or, so they had to build a new mikveh, but they had no money. And so they went to one of the rebbes, and they said, what are we supposed to do? We don't have a mikveh. He says, not shaykh. How's it shaykh? You don't have enough money for him. Every single Yiddish shtetl has a gvir. 
They said, yeah, we have the gvir, the kleinimus, but he, he doesn't give a penny to Tzedakah. So he said, listen, I'm coming for Shabbos in a few weeks. We'll take care of it. So he comes for Shabbos. They have big signs, Tzadik ear. Everyone's invited to come. The Rebbe will be uh, seeing people on Saturday night. Everyone can come. He's being hosted in the Kaputnik family. And, and so, okay, Moitzah Shabbos comes. Everybody lines up to see the Rebbe. And sure, and, you know, the, the Gvir or Kleinimus shows up also. You know, Dafka doesn't bring his checkbook just in case he asks for money. And he shows up, and uh, the Rebbe says, Oh, the Kleinimus may out the friend. This Machman, what can I do for you? So, says, so he says, Rebbe, how's much, how much is it going to cost me? He said, Kleinimus, we're friends. So what do you mean it's going to cost you? I don't, I'm not talking money. I want to I give you a bracha. He says, Rebbe, anything I want? He says, anything you want. He says, uh, I have a very interesting request. He says, whatever you want. He says, could I have a bracha that my wife should drop dead? So uh, the Rebbe says, uh, that was not what I had in mind. I, I don't give clothes, I give brachas. He says, Rebbe, you promised me anything I asked for. He said, listen, let me tell you something. It's well known that if a person makes a nether and he breaks it, terrible things can happen to his loved ones. I can't tell you more than that. He says, Rebbe, you need not say more, I understand. He goes over to the head of the mikveh committee, and he says, how much did you need for that mikveh? He said, a quarter of a million dollars. He says, okay, I pledge a quarter of a million dollars for the mikveh. Okay, they, they can't believe it. Kleinimus, the, the Kamsin, is now becoming the most generous guy in the city, a quarter of a million dollars for the mikveh, not Shaykh. You know, and, uh, what's going to be? And uh, so, okay, a few weeks later, they come over to him and say, Kleinimus, uh, you remember you made a pledge for the mikveh? You know, um, we need a down payment to start the digging. Maybe you could give us 50000 up front. He says, I'm sorry, I'm not giving any money. He says, what do you mean? You made a pledge. He says, I know. They said, do you know what happens? You break your pledge? Yeah, I know very well. And he said, Clayton, you promised. Yeah, I know. So uh, he goes home that night. Next morning, wakes up, tiptoes over to his wife. She's still breathing. So uh, he feels the shtickle, maybe this didn't work, but then he figures, you know, it can't, you know, not everything happens overnight, you know, you have to wait. So the next day again, he goes over and she's still breathing. You know, a few days later, he takes a tissue, puts on her nose, and he sees the tissue is moving. And the days go by and never, you know, she's still alive. After a few weeks, he realizes it's not working, he goes back to the Rebbe, he says, What should I do? This? She's still alive. So the Rebbe says, You know, this always works, I don't know what the problem is, let me think about this a second. He says, Oh, I got it. You see, the Rebbe wants uh, the Rebbeinshim wants to punish you, so he wants to put you in Gehenna. But you have a lousy marriage, so you already have Gehenna. So why does he have to punish you for? It? He's got you where he wants you. So you know what you got to do? You got to make your marriage work. If you make your marriage work and you're nice to her and things go well, then maybe Hashem will be able to punish you. You know, but, but right now it's it's too bad of a marriage. So he says, what am I supposed to do? He says, yeah, you make him be nice. He says, well, I should be nice. We haven't talked in 10 years. He says, come on, Kleinimus, you can do it. So the next morning, Kleinimus uh, wakes up his wife, and he says, Blanche, 
get up, I want to show you something special, I have a prize for you, look outside in the driveway, she goes outside in the driveway, it's a brand new Mustang wagging its tail in the driveway, and um, the, the, she says, wow, wow, unbelievable, and so uh, the next morning he wakes her up again, and he says, come out, Blanche, look in the living room, and she comes out, there's a brand new mink coat waiting for her, and so she's getting the message, she's trying to be nice, so she buys him a new pair of cufflinks, the next morning he wakes her up, he brings her uh, breakfast in bed, and he puts a new bracelet on the tray, and so she's got a new bracelet, she buys him a new palace, and he buys her the next day, he buys her new earrings, and she buys him uh, a watch, and, you know, it goes back and forth, mom is newlyweds, they start going out to eat, you know, going all over the place, and um, a few weeks later, he calls up the Rebbe, he says, Rebbe, Rebbe, you have to help me, you have to help me, what's the matter, what's the matter, my wife, she's very sick, she's dying, she says, oh, isn't that what you wanted, he says, no, Rebbe, it got so good, the marriage is so good, I can't live without her, he says, oh, 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 oh. give the money to the mikvah, and she'll be okay, so he gives the money to the mikvah, and she gets her for Shalema, and Shalom al Yisrael, so, the message of the story is that the chitzonius is more the pnimius. You bring out the pnimius through acting with the chitzonius, things can happen. So the emphasis is that um, this is really the yisoid of Purim. Purim is the yisoid of the, the, the bringing out the pnimius. Right? The yisoid of Purim was that the, the, the pnimius of Christ was covered over. You find that there was a Gzeira on Klal Yisrael, because they went to the Suda of Achashverosh. So the Sutton went to Kaddish Baruch and said, write a shtarkli, you have to destroy the Jewish people. So Kaddish Baruch said, okay, uh, write up a shtar and I'll sign it. So the Sutton went, he wrote up a document, and the Rebbe signed it. <coughs> so um, Elio and Ovi were running around, to everybody went to Ovois, and they said that they men from Suda of Achashverosh, they should die. Finally goes to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu says, find out if the star was signed Betit or Bedam. If it was signed Betit, there's still hope. So Elio goes and he finds out it's signed Betit. What's the chil if it was signed Betit or Bedam? So he once heard this from Rebichel Tursky. I think he says, the chil is a zay. Tit means that it's something, the chait is encrusted over Klam Yisrael. It's in the chitzonius. Remove the chitzonius and the primius is good. If the chait is bedam, that means it's already in the pneumius, it's in the bloodstream, it's already internal, then it's by falling. So he goes and he finds out it's only in the tit. It says, oh, if it's only on the surface, we can then we can we can save Klal Yisrael. And so this is the pshat that he goes to Mordechai, and Mordechai shafts the Yeshua. He once wanted a taina that... Um, Mordechai is marumas. The Mordechai says marumas by the Shem and Hamishcha. It says one of the ingredients of the Shem and Hamishcha was Mordoror. And the Targum translates Mordoror as Morodachia, which sounds like Mordechai. So that's where you find Mordechai, marumas in the Torah. So the Shail is, what does the Shem and Hamishcha have to do with anything? So it's Kenzai, the Shem and Hamishcha. What did you do with the Shem and Hamishcha? You put it on top of a person and he became the Kohen Gadol. The, what is the Pshat? The oil created Kohen Gadol. The Pshat is when you when you put the Shem in a Mishra, it was able to bring out the Pneumius of the person who Be'etzim was a Kohen Gadol. No, you needed the Shem in a Mishra to bring out the Pneumius. 
everything that the Shevan Mishra represents that there's a panemius over here that just has to be brought out, and this is the mensch. Mordechai had to be for Klal Yisrael, that Shemin Amishcha, that would help them bring out their Pneumius. That was the Yisait Hadvorim. And that's why by Purim you find this Nakuda, let's say there's a mitzvah to drink on Purim. What was the mile of drinking? Because it, when somebody drinks, that brings out the Pneumius, Nichnas Yain Yotzasoid. And the Pneumius suddenly come face to face with uh, being in a Rebbe so many years. You see this out, out constantly every year. Bochum come and they cry, they want to be better, they want to learn, they want to shite. I've never heard a Bochum say to me, Rebbe, I want to be a Shekets. <laughs> Every Bochum, I want to be better, I want to learn. And, and the Pneumius comes out, and then they have to look at themselves, Shush and Purim, and realize this is what I said, this is who I am. So it's a bringing out of your Pneumius, that was the Yisoyah Purim, to bring it out. They, they say over here, Chaim Belozhener used to give money to people who would come to him on Purim and tell him a vort. So you tell you, he gave stock, but you told him a vort, he gave you extra money. So uh, an older yid came to him and said, I'll tell you a vort. He said, okay. He said, how do you know the Gezeru was signed by da, by tit, not by da. He says, because it says in the post, so the word la'abdam can also be broken up to loy bedam. Le'abdam, loy bedam. So, so I never heard that. Gave him a good donation. Then later in the day, he went to the Vilna Goyim. He said to the Vilna Goyim that, yeah, listen to this word, as you told me. So the Goyim says, the word is Emes. And the person who told it to you was on your body. Now this is the, so um, that's the idea of, of uh, it's also the idea why we masquerade on Purim. Because Purim is, you know, everything is covering up the panemius of the world, right? Well, the world is a masquerade covering up the Shechina, covering up the Rabbi Nishan's presence. We sometimes go through life uh, artificially being something that we're not. And so Purim is a time to say, it's all, of, you know, we have to bring out a panemius. We, we can't hide behind the facade. We have to uncover who we really are. That's one of the Yisraelis of Purim. That was a Misa with the... Chachmi Atunya, the Medrash brings down. One of the Chachmi Atunya once went over to a Yiddish boy. They used to like to argue with the Yidden, especially the, the sharp Yiddish Kindlech. So he went over to this kid, and so Medrash says he showed him uh, a piece of cheese. He said, Tell me, little boy, this cheese comes from a, a black uh, goat or a white goat? So the boy took out an egg, and he said, Tell me, uh, Chacham. Does this come from a black chick or a white chick? A uh, black chicken or a white chicken, right? So so the, the guy conceded that he lost the debate. So somebody asked, well, what was the debate? What's going on? So I don't know if the kid explained it, the Chochum explained it, that the, the, the guy was trying to say to him, you hidden, right? You, you, you make believe that you're the children of Rom Yitzhak and Yaakov, right? We don't see a difference between you and the guy. You just like you don't see it. a piece of cheese. You can't tell... If the mother was a black goat or a white goat, the, the cheese is the same cheese, right? So he took out an egg and he says to the guy, take a look at this, can you tell me what the, was it a mother, what, what, what color was the, so the answer is, I thought you can tell. If you sit on the egg and warm it up, it'll hatch, you'll be able to tell whether it was a black black chicken or a white chicken, right? So he says, you, you think that we're not kosher people? 
you let us varmzach up a little bit, give us a little bit of freedom, and let us varmzach up with mitzvahs, we'll bring out our panemius, and you'll see who we come from. You'll see Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, right? So the Yisrael that Vodim is vited is a panemius by Klau Yisrael, and, and very often during the year, we hide behind the facade of uh, who, we, who we try to be, who we want to make believe we are. But the emphasis on Purim, you have to bring out the panemius of who you really are. And that was a... Sometimes you find that uh, you have to you have to reveal the panemius. I just heard a Misa that um, when the when the Sfardim, the Yidden from Yemen, came to Eretz Yisrael, so Medina tried to take them away from Yiddishkeit. They put them in camps and they they told them there's no more Judaism, <clears throat> take off the payas, take off the yarmulke, you know, Perfect. it was a more, what? Perfect. Yeah, so it's a modern world, it's not the same world. So the Chazoynish sent two bochrim to try to be mashpia. And so these bochrim came to the camp, and there was a guard standing there, and he wouldn't let them in. And so they left, very disappointed that they failed the Chazoynish, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. So one of these Yidin tells him about 50 years later, he went to a chasna, and he met the Zayd of the chasna, Svaydash Yid. And the Yid says to him, you should know what a simcha this is. He says, I came to the country, and they put me in one of these camps, and they told me, there's no more Judaism. Take off the tzitzes, take off the, the yarmulke, take off the tzitzes. It's all gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And one day I was looking out and I saw two yeshiva guys coming, trying to get in, and they wouldn't let them in. But I saw they had a yarmulke, they had payas, they had sitzes, they dressed like the Alta Yidin. I said, it's a lie. They still exist. So I'm not giving in. I was about to cave in. I'm not giving in. I see that this... And so he said, now, the guy found out that 50 years later, he found out his mission was successful. He saved Mamish, a whole family, and everything that came from it. This guy saw the previous, he saw the reality. You tell me the chitzonius is different. No, I see the reality. So is the Yisoy that you have to bring out. What's there? You, can never, you never know. So that's one of the inyon that... Um, I think maybe Kimidama Parshas that Savit, but the Gaya the Indian Mechias Hamolik. It's a part of this is also to bring out that uh, the cynicism of Hamolik that uh, doesn't let us bring out who we are. You know, there's a certain sarcasm, a certain cynicism that we have. Shimon Schwab once told me. I mean, I went there once before this month started. I've been a bad boy in the summer, so he told me a word. He says, He says, We all know the Sutton in front of you. That's the guy who tells you to do all the Aveira. Who's the Sutton in back of you? That's the cynic. The cynic that says, Oh, you want to do Chuva, right? Like last year, right? You remember having last year, right? As soon as Yom Kippur was over, you did your first Aveira, right? How long did it take you till, till Boitzi Yom Kippur? You know, uh, come on, you know, be realistic. Don't be, you know, don't get into the whole mood, you know. Uh, just, just chill out. Right? You know, that's the, the sultan back, the cynic that doesn't let you bring out that peace. That doesn't let you become So that's a molek. A molek has that koya to not allow you to become who you want to be. And that's something you have to fight. But this is like this. Why do you find, you know, Purim you have, uh, you have Pasha Zohar. Why do you just you'll hear you'll know about Amalek, you'll hear about Amalek, well you have to have a special Kriya Pasha Zohar and, and all the mitzvahs you do in Purim, they packed with mitzvahs. 
So what's the pshat? He says, what is unique about Amalek? It's an interesting, <clears throat> this is a vort from a, a safer base Ginzai from Rav Luria, who was the Rosh Yeshiva, Yeshiva Shara Shemayim, Yeshiva Mukubalim. So he says, an interesting Zach, he says, Amalek is different than all the other nations that fought with us. All the other nations, they were mekabel their koyach from our Averus. When we did Averus, so we mechazik the koyachas ha-tubma. So the marshal, he didn't serve the way the Zorah, we brought Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar came. When Klaus did tshuva, Hanani Mishol Azai said, we're not bowing down. So all of a sudden, within a few years, that was it. Bovel was gone. Disappeared off the face of the earth, right? Yovon came, made a big tumult. When 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 the, when they were defeated by by uh, the, the <coughs> so within a short time Greece is gone right the koyach of 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 Tuma is destroyed when we do tshuva and when we do tshuva we take away whatever pagan we created and it takes away the koyach of that nation Amalek doesn't thrive on our Tuma Amalek thrives on our kedusha. Amalek's koyach comes from the kedusha of Klal Yisrael. What happens is when we don't do the mitzvahs properly, Kodesh Baruch Hu pours down kedusha. If we're not a large enough keli to accept the kedusha, so there's all this kedusha spills out, and that's what Amalek takes. And where does Amalek get this koyach to be nourished by kedusha? How did Amalek start? Timna wanted to join Klal Yisrael. She was a, a princess. She was ready to forsake it because she wanted to attach herself to Kedusha. So she was rejected, so she married Eliphaz. So because she had a chukka for Kedusha, Amalek is given the Kedusha that we don't take advantage of. So if you look, whenever Amalek comes, it's not because we did Averis, it's because we were Nisrashel and Mitzvahs. When it was rofu yedeim in it wasn't an avera. It was a rifyin in in avoda the mitzvahs, right? Who did they attack? The people who were weak, who were sick, who were lazy. That those were the ones that Amalek picked on. They hopped the kedusha that was left over from the people who didn't create enough of a keli to receive the shefa kedusha, and they took what was left. And so the koyach that you have to have is you have to start in yourself. You have to strengthen the heart to do the mitzvahs. That's why it always bothered me. Parsha Zohar, your guy gets up to lane Parsha Zohar, all of a sudden he lanes with every single diak and every single diak. Why can't you lane it normally? That's what do you have to have, you know, Amalekah. Uh, uh, that's not the way you read the passage. What's going on? Teretz is that we read it with every single nuance of diktuk we try to do because we want to be machazik in the mitzvah because the koyach of, of Amalek comes from our shvach and mitzvahs. We go out of the way to the mitzvah with every hidur. Women come to hear Parshas Amalek. What's up there? Three ladies for the women of Parshas Amalek. Like it's, 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 a, it's a serious nefesh to do a mitzvah because the koyach of destroying Amalek is from mishasik and doing mitzvahs. And that's why Purim, you know, you, the whole day, everyone's running around. You look outside your house, and Purim, Mom, the place is a madhouse. People are running and coming and going, coming and going. The living Shlachmonis, the living Matonis of Yoyim, you have to chop the Megillah, you have to get to the Suda. People, the whole day, you're busy with mitzvahs from morning to night. You don't have a minute to breathe. And it's just one day of mitzvahs. You have to string Zechon to give Shlachmonis to the right people. Give Matonis, Lav Yoyim, Kolapoychit, Yad Noistem, you give, you give, you give. It's, it's all... 
is chasik in mitzvahs to take away the koyich of Amoli. And so that's what you find when in Achashverosh and Choman are sitting together. So the Midrashim said, Achashverosh said, Tell them you're crazy. What do you want to start with the Yidden? Uh, they defeat everyone. So he said, Yeshno Amechot. Medrash says, Yeshenim in HaMitzvahs. Choman says to Achashverosh, Don't worry. Everybody else got their koyich from their Averus and they'll do tshuva and they'll wipe them out. I get the koyich from their mitzvahs. Right? Yeshenim in HaMitzvahs. They're asleep. There's a lot of kedusha I can pick up. I can destroy them. Yeshna Amechad, the Fuzim of Feirad, the Yishenim and Amitzvahs, then I can hop around, that I can take away. And so the way we can, uh, we can defeat Amalek is by Mechazik and Mitzvahs. They say a Maisa, that you see a little bit more strings of Chan, what you could have. There was a Maisa with the Chachan Tzvi. Chachan Tzvi was uh, the father of the Rabbi Yaakov Erdin, very controversially fought against anyone that any Shayachas to the Shabzite Tzvi. So in one city he left the mountain bonus and he needed a place to stay. So he stayed by a house of Advir for a couple of weeks. And after a couple of weeks, the, the wife of this Gavir said to her husband, how long are these people planning on staying? I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're making themselves very comfortable. You know, there's a limit to how much I can tolerate this. You know, it's been already two, three weeks. How long are they planning on staying? He said, listen, it's a big mitzvah. He's a Talmud Chacham. Let him stay. Uh, Gavir didn't know who he was, but he figured he looks like a Talmud Chacham. He was very honored to host him, but after three weeks, his wife is chaperoning him. So finally, he goes to Chacham he says, um, how long are you planning on staying? So um, that day, a, a delegation came from Lvov to offer Chacham Tzvi the Rabbonus. So um, Chacham Tzvi said to him, Herzl, the embassy is like this. I was supposed to leave today. Horaya, the delegation from Lvov came today. The guy realized that he had now a real autumn Godel in his house. And Chacham Tzvi said to him, you, all you needed was to hold on to me till today. But you didn't have the patience. So you were supposed to get two brachas from me. A bracha that you continue to be an osher for doyre doyres, and the bracha that your children will be chamidei chachonim at seifa doyres. But because you didn't have the patience to wait, and you wanted me to leave, you're going to lose that second bracha. So the first bracha he got, and his name was Rothschild. So this is where the Rothschild family came from. They got the bracha of Ashiras. The bracha that they'll have doyres of the neitayra that they lost. That there's nobody left from the family. That's mamshech. The, but uh, had they strayed the chon a little bit longer, they would have been zeicher. Right? So, so another ma'isa, similar zaf. There was a yid in in place place in in Eretz called Bat Yam. So there was a yid over there who felt that he wanted to start like a little cheder for children, maybe a kindergarten, whatever it was, something that gives some of the children who weren't so religious a little bit of yadus. And so he, he was a wealthy person. He opened up with his own money a couple of schools. And, uh, you know, he brought these kids into the school and he gave them Yisoydis of Yiddishkeit. He was Makar of them. He tutored tremendously. Got to the point where it started to, you know, it started to cost him. And he, he couldn't handle it. He was $30,000 in debt. So he went to Chaim Kanievsky. He says, should I continue? Maybe. So Chaim don't give it up. Don't give up on it. Keep on doing it. It'll be okay. Okay. 
So uh, he's got to get ready for the next school year, and he needs to make certain improvements on the building. But he doesn't. He can't. He can't afford to hire an inside. I'm going to do it myself. So he gets himself some tools and he starts, uh, you know, fixing the wall. And he starts to see like he's got mice coming out of the wall all of a sudden. So he decides he's going to have to, you know, to take apart the wall and get to the core, whatever. So he's digging and digging, and suddenly he hits something hard, and he discovers buried in the ground. There are these two old, old bowls. I'm not sure what they were made out of, porcelain or something like that. He said on them, 1908. So he, he took them to an antique guy, and he got $30,000 for them. That's how valuable they were. He went back to Chaim Kanievsky, and he said, Zetzdach, I trusted. I did it myself. I put in the kaychus. Kodesh gave me back the money. So Yaakov Kaladetsky, or whatever his name is, the, the Aiden of, of Chaim Kaladetsky, he said, them. a hundred years earlier, the Rebbeishim put it in the mind of the Yid who owned these things to bury them over there, so that a hundred years later, some Yid who's being moist nefesh to build Yiddishkeit will find it and have the money to pay himself back. And that's how you have to look at it. You see a murder de Gazach, but a person who strings a Chaim to do what has to be done, so you can be poyol yeshuas and accomplish great things. I mean, you, you never know. You can you can you, you, you cool off a molek, you take away their koyach, and at the same time, uh, especially one last maisa that I heard that there was a, a singer in Eretz Yisrael. I assume the maisa was in Eretz Yisrael. I don't know for sure, but uh, one of the famous singers. I don't know who it was. He was invited to come to a chas to sing. He comes to the chasna, and there's no mechitza. So he says, I can't sing if there's no mechitza. I don't sing. If there's no mechitza, I don't sing. He said, he said well, we hired you. you got to sing. He says, I'm only going to sing this mechitza. So I'll tell you what. Put up a mechitza, and I'll do it for free. But they weren't going to budge. This is not, we're not having a mechitza. This is not our family style. He said, I'm sorry. I can't sing if there's no mechitza. There was a, a lawyer, a brother-in-law, a lawyer. He says, if you don't sing, you're going to be sued. I'm going to sue you $10,000 here. He says, do whatever you want, but I'm not singing if there's no mechitza. And he left. He got sued, and he paid out $10,000. Two and a half years later, he gets a call. And a couple wants him to come sing by their pidgin haben. So he says, mechitza, lavada. And they say to him, you know who we are? We're the couple that you didn't sing by our wedding. And after our wedding, everyone was talking about that you walked out. We asked ourselves, as Chassid and Kawal, what would we be willing to give up at, at, at the expense of 10? What do we have in our lives that's so valuable that we would give up $10,000 to, to maintain it? Would we have anything that, that's so important to us? And we said no. We have nothing we stand for that's so chashev. And we decided that we have to become more religious. And we became much more from. And we were to have a baby. And we want you to sing at the bris. We're going to pay you $10,000 and whatever we would have paid you by a chasna. We want you to sing what you would have sung by a chasna. I'll give you back all the money. And they became shaymetayr mitzvahs. They became from. And he brought out their panemius. Because he stood up. He wasn't willing to... 
back down and through that koyach, that's the koyach you fight a molek, that's the koyach you bring up somebody else's premius, and it's all purim rolling to one. So it should be zoicher that uh, purim should be a yantar is supposed to be, and uh, purim is the one yantar that's not going to be bottled when Mashiach comes, because purim is, Mashiach is one big purim, right? Purim is, you look at, you see the the reality the whole last 12 years what HaKadosh Baruch Hu pulled off. Zman Mashiach, you'll see that in real life. You'll see that in, in the history of the world. You'll see, uh, you know, everything will be clear to you in Mashiach. It'll be one big Purim, one big Purim of seeing behind the facade and recognizing the reality. So the May Purim will not be bottled from Klai, so forever and ever. We should be Zaycheh to see that with clarity. Uh, uh, uh,